The AFNRAD Snowboard Podcast is presented by Vans. Season 8 of FNRAD is sponsored by Wired Snowboards and On Optics, the Boardroom Snowboard Shop, Find an Epic Agent Worldwide Real Estate, and Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C. This real estate secret could save you thousands. Never contact a realtor yourself. Instead, have Find an Epic Agent refer you to proven local realtors. Why? We pay you from the commission the realtor pays Find an Epic Agent for your introduction. You get the best real estate agent working for you, and we put your money back in your pocket. In over 30 countries, Find an Epic Agent makes it cheaper to buy or sell a home. That's why it pays to click findanepicagent.com before contacting a realtor. Support also comes from Dekine, Mount Seymour, Grouse Mountain, Pro Standard GoPro Accessories, and Volcom Outerwear. Hey, you can also watch the show on YouTube. It's the exact same show, but you get to see the guest. You get to see me. All right, go subscribe. Thank you. Awesome. Special thanks this episode to Beneath Apparel. This place is awesome vacation rentals in Whistler and Tomahawk Indigenous Products. Andy Finch was a name on a Palmer Pro Model snowboard to me up until I met him in real life at his home in California. His story is great, and he's a ball of smiling energy who absolutely loves snowboarding. Before I arrived at his house, Andy had been plowing his driveway to make a mound of snow for his kids to play on. So rad. He sent me on my way with snacks afterwards and a big hug. He's an amazing example of what a pro snowboarder can be. Here's my interview with the great Andy Fitch. As a kid, my dad had a love for the mountains, and he wanted to share that with me. Yeah, I was an only child, high risk. And we had these junk, I think a neighbor had some skis for sale out in front. They were junk. I mean, <laughs> his still had a leash on them. I mean, we're talking old skis, right? My dad tried I, to bring those on a lift one time and they were like, sir, these are too dangerous. <laughs> if our mountain would have known any better, I'm sure they would have. I'm, I remember him wrecking and, you know, he's in jeans and I'm in $5 ski bibs and my soccer lotto jacket and... He blew out his jeans one day, so he had to take his sweatshirt off. My dad was a hairy guy, so he's got his sweatshirt off. He's wearing it backwards as we ski through the lift line on a crowded Christmas day. I love this guy. And he's, it's all hanging out the back, right? There's nothing. He didn't wear underwear, so there's nothing there. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, awesome. my gosh. I just I still have a great visual of that. That was yeah. hilarious. But my dad, um, he figured he was going to die in Vietnam, so he... I tailed it out of here and went to Hawaii for the summer, lived out of his car, Rad. started surfing, and that's where he kind of got a love for board sports. Killer. He started windsurfing when that was big, late 80s, 90s, Yep. and kind of got me into that. And cool. then I saw snowboarding, and what really captivated me was a guy catching air where someone, I'd never seen someone catch air before, because I'm still on chairlift with the skis on, right? Yeah, yeah. And this guy comes over and does a method, more of a grasser, and just like, that's what I'm going to do. That there's the rest of my life right there. I'm yeah. on a snowboard. That's and sick. I bugged him for 10 years. Whoa. Uh, two years, excuse me. Two I years. I bugged him okay. for two years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I finally got straight A's. The only time I ever got straight A's. This is for real. He was like, if you get straight A's, they, I'll get you bored. They'd always told me if I got straight A's, they'd take me to Disneyland. Okay. Well, I'm 11, 12 years old. I'm like, I don't want to go to Disneyland. I want a snowboard. That's amazing. So they went and got me a demo Burton snowboard. And uh, I was shocked. We went up there. We got completely brutalized the first day. 
Uh, his butt was black and blue. We both thought our wrists were broken. You know, that was before the tiller. You know, it was just yeah. The it was all man made snow, and the the comb of the the cat would just grab a chunk of ice and drag it till it became this big. And we're running into these things and getting knocked over. Death cookies. Death. Yeah, big old death cookies. The next time, you know, he's like, Andy, you sure you want to do this again? And I'm like, Yeah, Dad, we're doing we're doing this. He's yeah. Like, all right, so we're cutting stadium seats out to fit in our snowboard pants and like figuring out how to pad ourselves up. We right. show up in the parking lot and we're like filling the snow and it's like a foot of pow. It's like, I don't think we're going to need these. That night, my dad goes out and buys a snowboard. Rad. Impulse. I'm like, are you kidding me? I bug you for 10, uh, two years. I keep saying 10. Two years and you go out and buy a board that night. So I was like bitter but stoked. Yeah. And he became my best buddy. We just rode all the time together. Uh, it was an hour and a half to the mountain. Yeah. And I was a public school kid, so we were weekend warriors. Yeah, yeah. What's the mountain? It was Sierra Summit. It's now called China Peak. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's it's still a little yep. podunk mountain, but it's it's fun. You ever go it's there? You, you still go? Yeah, there? when it's... Um, so I still visit my family in Fresno. Rad. And if it, if there's good snow... Yeah. Um, it's, it's a pretty cool zone of the, you know, the Western Sierras. It's basically... Um, like 30 miles by crow fly from Mammoth. Okay. Mammoth's on the eastern side of the Sierras. Yeah. And China Peak's directly on the west side. Killer. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. So you're, obviously you get fairly good for your age because you, uh, when do you win your first nationals? Well, we had a incredible crew of local riders um, that I, I remember being this little, you know, 13 year old kid, maybe 12 at the time, like, can I ride with you guys, you know? And I remember them just popping 180s everywhere. Yeah. And while they're pointing it, and I'm just trying to keep up. Right. And that was chasing them around was just so fun. Do you know how perfect of timing it was for you to to get a snowboard at that time because you're the first generation where they made kids boards that actually function. <laughs> 93 was like you know, pre-93, there was a, a few things to choose from, but there not much that was very yeah, good. A, yeah, the early 90s were incredible. Yeah. Uh, just seeing how fast snowboarding was changing. Yeah. I mean, the pros at that time, the thing, you know, the events that was starting to come to them and with Terrier and Daniel Frank, Jim Rippey, those guys loved watching them. I mean, big fan of Blaze and yep. uh, Farm was kind of my first guy, though, his... his uh, Runs in Alaska, just charging. Everyone else slowing down before cliff bands, and he's just poof, and then backflip and wind lips. And, Such a sender, yeah. Um, which when I first got on Rip Curl, I was pretty psyched to like he showed up on the first shoots. I'm like, no way, you're on he Rip was Curl on Rip Curl too. Curl too? Yeah. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He kind of went the whole way through. He's one of those guys that it's too bad that he. I don't mean have a manager type of thing, but that he didn't manage his career. He wasn't able to manage his career to have the longevity of like a skate legend or a surf legend. Because Not possible. He, he's too wild. He's too wild. But no, you have to reel it. him in. Yeah, he deserves it. There's no, there's no, yeah. I mean, yeah. he paved the way. And, but that was kind of the essence of snowboarding, right? Yes. You yeah. know, that's kind of part of what made snowboarding snowboarding. I mean, I remember that guy just everywhere we went, he was rapping. Rapping. He, he, he flew to Europe with his board with no board bag. Just like he took the sticker, stuck it on the board, threw it in the thing. Of course, why wouldn't you? He flew in his boots, so he didn't have to pay any extra. No, <laughs> and that—that's a beautiful thing about snowboarding, right? It's yep. not. Here's the rules. It's like here's what you can do and what you can't. Right. And this is possible, so let's do it. Yeah. And the same thing with my dad and I. 
you know, we found any way to make it possible to get to the mountain, to get lift tickets, whether it was a club card or, you know, maybe I had to be six years old for an extra year or whatever <laughs> yeah, it was. Like, yeah, I did that. You made it happen, kids. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. That's <laughs> rad. That's now it's kind of hard to do all that stuff. I mean, it's it was just a different time. Yeah. The, the rules could be bent. A little bit. And, bent, and all the yes. skiers knew it and we were hated for it. Absolutely. And, yeah. be, and because we were so hated, it made that small community of snowboarders so close. All yep. those guys... They're my lifelong buddies. Yeah, cool, cool. It's, yeah, we're good friends still to this day. We just have this bond and connection that um, is unbreakable. So when do you first compete, and and is it is it an instant success, or well, does it take? There a bit? was um, Michelle Harvey, now Armstrong. Uh, she kind of took that crew of ripping snowboarders and took them under the wing, and she started the Central California series because there was NorCal, South Cal, Southern Cal. And Central Cal was just kind of lost in no man's land. Okay. So she started her own. She had to run. She knew the rules, ran so many events. And so that first year, we started competing locally, amateurly. And we had a blast. Those were, looking back, some of my fondest memories of snowboarding were those early days competing. Everyone cheering each other on, laughing. No one cared. We just had a great time. Right. And right. Uh, But I remember after the second year, she's like, hey. You got enough points to go to nationals. You're going to nationals. I'm what? Excuse me? That's crazy. And that was my first. I went to Vermont. I had the nightmare of a lifetime to <laughs> just this 14-year-old kid. Bags didn't show. I was surfing oh, couches. Man. I ended up running over the mountain manager's son on the mountain. He cut it, you know. <laughs> just oh. And then he knew my bib number. And it just, it was a nightmare. And I never ridden ice before. And is your dad there with you? Or you no, <laughs> they sent me, go, you're 14. Like, no. I felt so out of place, lost. Yeah. And, the, you know, Vermont had, I think Danny Cass was there. And I remember some of the other guys. Uh, there was a small group of guys there. Or I should say a big group of guys compared to what I was used to. Right. Um, but they were core industry people, you know. Yeah. They yeah. were heavy players. And I just felt like an outcast, man. Yeah. It just It was tough for me. How did you do? Uh, I did horrible. I they were these really tiny short jumps, which I didn't know about landing on the landing. <laughs> I'm, and I usually landed a lot of stuff, but I was just sending way past the landing. Like I saw some old footage, and I'd go twenty, thirty feet past the landing, couldn't figure out why I couldn't land it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and I just blow up. So I did horrible, and then uh, and I think I was riding a one thirty nine kingpin at the time. I don't even spoon know. Spoon nose. Spoon nose, really short. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, and then the next year, um, it was in Southern California, Big Bear. And that was my snow, my conditions. Everything was bigger, better built. Yeah. And I did well. And that was when I first time I won nationals. So. You won. Yeah, o overall. You won the overall. Overall, right, yeah. Right, right. Overall freestyle and overall um, with racing and everything. I didn't care. I If it had to do with snowboard, I was doing it. I right. did not care. Okay. So winning nationals at that point, like we're talking about when the snowboard industry is looking for the next young kid that's going to dominate. So they were hunting. It, it definitely seemed like they were ushering in the next generation. Yeah. And something was kind of cool. I got put on the junior national team at that time. Okay. When you won nationals, you, you got put on the junior national team. Um, you know, Danny Cass, Lane Knack, they were on there. Gretchen Blyler. Um, Kelly Clark eventually was on there. So a lot of the, the crew that Amazing. we ended up coming up through yeah. the ranks with, it was really interesting too, to hear some of the names that had been on that junior national team. Like kind of, if you made that team, you ended up making it. 
Yeah. Which is kind of exciting. That's super rad. Yeah. Do you know some of those guys from, from before? Like, who You'd else? be surprised the names that have come through there. Really? Um, I mean, I just named off some of the ones that yeah, those came are, through with me. those are huge. Uh, who else came through there? I think Roach. I mean, Ross Powers. Powers, yeah. Um, a lot of the Halfpipe kids. I think, I'm not sure what it is about Halfpipe, but that kind of, that's kind of where you, you made a career competitively. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, where Big Aaron stuff was more, you made it, I don't know, in a different way. There was like different avenues to make it to the top. And because I didn't know anyone, I the one thing I knew this the industry couldn't deny was uh, results. Right, right. Which Rip Curl loved. They loved results. So just like surfing, right? Rip Curl's all about um, WCT, the, the surfing events. They're pro riders going out and getting big wins. Yeah, if it's, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like so if, when I went yeah. in there, that kind of fit their mold. And um, yeah, I, there's a lot of years there where I kept hearing the same thing. Prove yourself this year and next year we'll, we'll, mm. we'll support you big. And I heard that quite a few years in a row and nothing, which really? is hard. That was yeah. super hard. That is a bummer. So you're, you're sponsored basically regionally. Is that what's going on? Until uh, 99. Once I hit um, one junior worlds yep. in border cross, yep. uh, Swatch took me on Palmer, started paying me. And, then, it, and then, you know, I was on swag for a couple more years and then Rip Curl um, I swapped that the swag, just, it kind of fizzled out. Did you talk swag with Trent Bush and those guys, or or did you already have Bob Klein as an agent at that point? Ooh, timing. Timing <laughs> question. See, now we're, now we're starting to turn some wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. So, end of the 90s into early... Two, 2002, I think, is around when Bob Klein came on, and that's kind of when some sponsors start changing. Got you. And that's constantly when I started showing up on the scene. Yeah. Because I was racing Border Cross till then. Okay. Border Cross dies. Yeah. Which I was like, I actually left Border Cross before it completely died. But yeah. I, I just want, I wanted to be in there. I wanted to be freestyle. And Border Cross was about staying low. Totally. Like, I'd be trying to, like, I love gapping the doubles or the triples, you know? Red. And Palmer's like, you're slow, dude. Stay on the ground. Stop trying to air those things. <laughs> dude, it's so sick to gap these things. They're so fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's killer. <laughs> so you start pivoting more towards freestyle at that point? Oh, yeah. If there was, I mean, I was doing border crosses, and if they had a big air that night, I was doing the big air too. That's I killer. was sneaking away while people were practicing border cross, trying to get my feet wet in the half pipe. Yeah. You know, just trying to figure it out. Yeah. It was, it was an opportunity for me to travel and to ride these bigger features that the local mountain I rode didn't have. Yeah, so where do you really get into half pipe? Because that's where you know we we did some trips up to Sierra Tahoe early on, mm-hmm. um, like right before nationals. Like I need to go figure out how to ride pipe because you know all I knew is you want to go high, you jump. So I'd get to the lip and I jump and <laughs> I'm landing in the, the flats. flats. Oh. Which at that point my knees didn't care. You know, right, I I'd, I'd never been injured until the first, the second week of the new millennium where I crushed my knee on a thirty foot quarter pipe, geeing out and. Fell a good 40 feet to flat. Oh, God. Everything. I hit my chin on the board. I tried to land it. Yeah. You know, I could, at that point, I landed everything. So, like, I remember being in the air, too. Like, oh, shoot, how should I fall? Like, that's a long way to go. Well, let's try and land it. (laughs) And I just compressed. Oh, my God. Everything hurt. Yeah. Uh, A couple days later, I was in surgery, and they just start pulling stuff out. And What was it, your knee? Yeah, I, I basically crushed all the soft tissue in my knee. Yeah. And then three months, I was back in surgery. They were pulling more out because it was the tissue was dying from the oh, compression. Oh, no. And which gave me a lot of early on arthritis. 
and yeah. I lost um, flexion. Like I have these door stops in my knee now. I yeah. Like I can't even do a method anymore. It kills me. That's the worst. Like, how bad is that? Yeah. Like the best trick in snowboarding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's embarrassing. I go to reach and I make it about halfway down my calf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have that with new boots. Like the, the <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> new boots. It's like I can't get my. That's hand my warm. everyday, but <laughs> oh man, sorry to hear that. <laughs> but there's always switch methods. So those. those oh, are, that's. I mean, that's badass. I can't fun. even do a switch yeah, you method. Can. You can do it normally. You can do it switch. Just. Think you train yourself. You're like all right, so hard. Break it down. Here's what I'm doing. I'm leaning on my toes. You can yeah, do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give it a try. Try uh, it into pow. Hey, I, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, my methods aren't that good either. But yeah, that's sick, dude. <laughs> so before the at the injury, what age are you? I was 18. I'd never been injured. I even had the nickname like Pitbull, just because. Yeah. I yeah. would take these hard slams and get right back up. I yeah. used to jump off two story buildings for fun. <laughs> like I love to be in the air. I'm dead serious. Yeah. I. I remember being three years old and, and climbing steps and just jumping. How high could I jump before it hurt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to jump out of trees, whatever. I wanted to fly. That's unreal. I'd sandboard at the local... Uh, I In the summer, there was a gravel pit near my dad's work. Yeah. And I'd sneak in through this mud pit, and I would take my <laughs> old Burton Air snowboard, and I'd ride down these sand dunes, and there was like a cornice on top, and then it'd be like I was trying flips. and <laughs> That's awesome. I'd be pulling sand out of every crevice for a couple of weeks. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's that, I had a passion. I loved it, man. Yeah, yeah. So do you first spend a lot of time in the air in half pipe, or is there slope style going on at the time, or just big air? You know, I, big air was the start. Yeah. Um, I remember being in Vienna, Austria, and doing one there. Um, I was dying of thirst, needed water. All they had was Red Bull. Had no idea yeah, what the Red Bull you was. You went to the Innsbruck. Oh, everything, style, yeah, whatever. everything I had was yeah. bubbly, right? And yes. they had these Red Bulls, and I'm like, I'm dying at there. So I pound like four of those. Oh God, I couldn't land a damn thing. <laughs> I qualify like first place, and I go to the finals. I couldn't, so I couldn't land anything the first couple of runs. So I tried to run the tricks I always land, couldn't land them either. I'm like, what's going on here? And then I'm like, yeah. am I shaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those those Red Bulls, those early Red Bulls. I don't know what was in them. But they were. No one knows. You could not <laughs> drink more than one. That was. That was dangerous. all I had to drink. I was thirsty. Oh man! But yeah, big airs uh, was kind of my introduction to freestyle world, and then just trying to catch up. Like I said, I was behind the eight ball with the with half pipe. Yeah, and wanted to be in. You know, Olympics was kind of the big deal. So, which year of Olympics? I went to 2006 in Torino. Oh, sick. which is really cool because I um, I'm half Italian and oh, awesome. I actually had Italian relatives in Torino. That's so cool. And the, so it was my grandpa's first cousin. I go and meet him for the first time. And he's like, in your honor, we want to roast a pig. We're going to, we're like, it's going to be this big block party. We're going to roast a pig. It's on this day. It's the same day I'm supposed to compete in the half pipe at the Olympics. Oh, and no. so like his nephew, we're, he's translating yeah. to my great uncle, whatever. And he's like, you know, he can't, he can't make it. He's got. He's here to do this event. You it's see, it's called Olympic. Well, <laughs> yeah. whatever. He's gonna roast a pig. You kid. He was so offended. He was furious. I watched them dialogue in Italian for about ten minutes before he calmed down. Wow! Like, what bigger honor could there be than to, you know, roast this pig? Olympics? No, I'm roasting you, a pig dog. Like, we're <laughs> That's gonna do this. Awesome. That's so. Awesome. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was really cool. So, who's on the U.S. Olympic team that year? Uh, it was Danny Cass. Yep. Um, we had Mason Aguirre yeah. and Sean White. <sighs> so, my God. Yeah, how how did everybody do? We did good. Um, gosh, 
I ended up calling flying third that morning. Danny Cass went straight in because it only took six from the first run. And then Sean White had to take a second run. He ended up winning. Danny Cass got second. Yeah. Um, and then Mace and I were later. Were d- still top 10 finals. kind of thing? Or? Yeah. Yeah, still made the finals. Yeah. See, that was the thing. I heard Todd Richards talk about it. He said, you know what, the, the U.S. didn't really participate that much in the Olympics. I mean, they did, but they didn't have an event, and they didn't really have like that kind of winning. Europe, Europe dominated Winter Olympics for a really long time. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, all eyes were on the U.S. going into that one because U.S. had just swept the podium in 2002. Exactly, exactly. So it was all eyes were on us. It was kind of the showstopper. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it, that's where Olympics. T- it was this unexpected thing. Yeah, because '98 was kind of scandal. You know, Ross for Begliati. Oh, I was still Ross, a joke at Rebegliati. that time. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. The misfits. And- yeah, it wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Then the sweep happens, and all of the American eyes are on. The year we went, they should have taken 14 guys yes. from the U.S. Yes, and they exactly. took four. Really? So it was a battle just yeah. to qualify. Yeah. All that battle. There were some new rules where each country only gets to take. No, that's just Olympics. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, being on the team, you got a little taste of how ugly the politics of the Olympics are and Interesting. what a big money maker it is. And yeah, and that's why Terry boycotts it, and rightly so. Like I it's, think so too. It's it's sad that they don't support the athletes more. They really take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. But either you could get caught up in that. Or you could go enjoy this opportunity. Right. So I went and enjoyed the opportunity, and I'm really grateful for it. Um, but I think behind any big organization, there's some nasty stuff going on. So Hell yeah. It's like, take it for what it is, enjoy it. Yeah, what was the uh, what was the athlete's village like? <laughs> the athlete's <laughs> village, that was... It's like a concrete jungle. I, it was it was like dorms. It was... Yeah. I mean, I mean, like these concrete dorms. Like, it wasn't even finished. It was. They, they it was were building weird. it for the Olympics, and they just didn't quite get it done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Everything was like all the construction was still going on. Some people didn't have sinks, open plumbing, <laughs> oh, wow. and we we're just. I mean, we're used to going to these events where we're so looked after and pampered. Yeah, we were spoiled. Yeah, and we show up to this Olympic village, and there's like four dudes in a room, and <laughs> and like we're on top of each other. And yeah, that part honestly was it was great to be part of the the team but the village was kind of lame what was really cool was how olympics if you were an athlete you could kind of go anywhere you got to go to all these um athlete tents and you could travel anywhere like you could hop any of the buses or trains for free and just you just kind of share your card and and you went into these clubs these parties wherever you wanted yeah so that part was really fun yeah uh that was pretty special it was totally different than anything we ever did yeah anytime you get a new experience that's really cool yeah, yeah, we had the Olympics in in uh, Vancouver in 2010. And how did that change Vancouver? <sighs> Probably not at all, really. But uh, for those well, two shoot, weeks, they built a road just for it, didn't they? Yeah, they they did they did double wide the Whistler Road, so yeah. it created a faster road to Whistler. Well, we saw it change Park City. Yeah, it did what did it do at Park City? Oh, it just it went from this kind of like chill ski town to this mega, yeah. Just commercialized ski town that was kind of overwhelming. Everything's high speed and yeah. all these new condos. It, it just changed the look and the feel. Okay. And one of the reasons Tahoe's, there's been a lot of pushback. Like they don't want the Olympics here. Right. We like the way Tahoe is. We don't want it to be this mega commercialized, which it's already kind of going that way with these villages. But yeah, yeah. 
It's it changes the face of a place. Yeah, I found like so Vancouver. I don't know what infrastructure they built, like an Olympic ring. You know what I mean? They <laughs> the stuff that you don't see anyways. Yeah, but. It, I mean, they had the Vancouver Olympics at Cyprus, which is the most bizarre choice for an Olympics ever. You know, our local mountains, from time to time, they don't open for a season because it rains too much. They're down low. And if you watch the cycles, like I watch the cycles, it was kind of like, oh, 2010. Mm, That could be (laughs) a good bad year. And we're the same way. You're on a cycle, right? Yeah. You know, you have enough bad years. You're like, oh, we got a good one coming. It's coming. Right, (laughs) right, right. I remember seeing Farmer at Baker one year. We were on a bad cycle, and he was just like, yeah, I drove to Baker from California to ride. You know, like I heard there was going to be 12 centimeters or 12 inches. Like I'm going. And he slept (laughs) at his truck, rode the day. Yeah. Hung out for a bit and then uh, and then took off. Yeah, the, uh, so well. And here's the reality: being up in Vancouver and us down here in Northern California, like one of us getting it. That's true. And it, it's either you or I. So yeah, that's some true. years you guys get it, some years we get it. It's true. And when you're getting these insane years, we're just jacked down here. Yeah, and when you guys are getting the crazy yeah. snow again or whatever, yeah. you call it, oh my god, February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts to see. Yeah, this year we had snowvember. Snowvember, yeah. yeah. It's it's happening more now, I feel like. It feel it feels like early here's, season here's, happens. You know, everyone always asks me, like, you think it's gonna be a good year this year? <laughs> I'm like, well, whatever they're saying it's gonna be, it's gonna be opposite. Yeah. <laughs> that that is pretty consistent. <laughs> really, hey? Yeah, I always say I got I have a feeling t- this year's gonna be a big one. Dude, I've been finally s- just bust out a little Canadian. Thank you. <laughs> I've been waiting for the hey, you know, like I was like, where's your accent? Come on. All right, we got yeah, it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, totally for me, it's the early season is Every year is going to be the best. Yeah. Every year. So, mm, you know, in 99, we broke all these snow records. Turns out that was also in like 79 and 59. Really? So, like, 10 year cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 20, I think a 20 year cycle. We could, who knows? You just don't know, right? Like, one storm could. I feel like here we're kind of like a seven year cycle. Seven year cycle. Yeah, I heard that there was like a toilet bowl effect between, that's the El Nino, La Nina stuff, between Japan and Canada, or the West Coast, like, so, but it doesn't seem to make any, if you actually looked at what they say, like you say, whatever whatever they they say, say, it's pretty much going to be opposite. Forget about it. Yeah. 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 Well, years ago, they didn't have any weather stations out, far out. Mm. They were just at the shore. They're so, learning a lot, yeah. but still, what are they looking at? 100 years? 150? Yeah. That's yeah. nothing. And like literally 20 years ago, they couldn't predict shit. So like you've got maybe <laughs> it, I'm blown away years. that yeah. what they can predict now. Yeah, like they're it's like- pretty incredible. It's going to turn to rain at noon. And you go up there and it's snowing and you're like, this is so great. There's no way it's going to turn. And then it starts raining rain. on you at noon. Or even getting like within <laughs> a couple inches is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Do you yeah. know how much moisture is going to fall? It. I don't know how they're doing it. Computer models or- who knows? AI. AI. All AI. Yeah, AI, man. <laughs> so, um, all right. Olympics happen. You do fairly well. What what happens? I hope my kids that? come through the mic. I can I, hear it a bit. They are rowdy. They yeah, surprised yeah. it doesn't sound like we're what under it, a train station. What uh, age are they? 
Uh, they just turned six and nine. Oh, that's a great time. I feel like it's the golden years. Oh, it's, absolutely. It's super fun. Yeah. We They're just, still kids. They just had their second pow day today. Oh, that's epic. It was pretty cool. That's epic. Their first pow day, it was the same day I ruptured my Achilles. That was, oh, that bummer. was, that was gnarly. Like I was so excited. Like, this is great. My kids are, we're riding pow with my kids. Like a dad's dream. And I just get overzealous. I knew conditions were variable and I thought I saw a good patch of snow. Knowing that snow can fool your eyes. Yeah. Went in hot and heavy through the kitchen sink at a toe turn. Pow. Just started carting. And then I'm yelling just with frustration. Oh, like, of course. I just ruined the day. How did you, how, how does that injury happen? You, you just, just pull too Just hard? too much pressure. You, too, pull, yeah. you load up and you're trying, yeah, just too much pressure. And I hit ice and uh, a little pop so it loads up and then yep. a little bump just finishes it. Uh-oh. And Tommy Shasheen, who, yep. good buddy of mine, yep. uh, we ran the Amazing Race together in, in uh, 2011. Oh, really? No way. He did his exactly the same way three months earlier. Oh, wow. In toe edge turn, hit ice. That's crazy. So we got to kind of go through rehab together. He wake surfs a lot, right? Professionally. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's kind of the one who got me back into wake surfing. Yeah. And so we do, we do that a ton now. So That's what I do in the summer? Yeah, now. on on Lake Tahoe. On Tahoe, man. So Tahoe's this perfect place if you wake. Other than it's freezing. And, <laughs> oh, is the lake cold? Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know if you guys can see that, but it, it really is that beautiful. That's uh, Sand Harbor. There, it's there's a fun uh, trail called the Flume Trail above that. And when you look down, you're like, I'm looking at the tropics. Yeah, yeah. But where's the palm trees? I'm looking at pine trees. <laughs> yeah, so, totally. It, it's beautiful. Yeah, thirty feet of visibility. Like crystal clear visibility. It's a really big alpine lake, probably one of the biggest ones in North America, right? I think America, it's the right? second, second yeah. biggest. Yeah. It's uh, 1,600 feet deep, average 1,000 oh feet deep. Holy it's shit. It's huge. There's a lot of water there. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I, 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 the last time I was here, I don't know, I just get used to being by the water. I think it's like, that's sea level, <laughs> but it's not even yeah. close. And it's so deep, one, it never freezes. Yep. Two, it never gets that warm. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's wetsuits. What do you guys wear? Shorties or fulls? It depends. I mean, we're like full rubbered up yeah. beginning of the, the uh, summer. I mean, it doesn't start to warm up till middle of July. Yeah. And then is it shorts or is uh, it we'll, shorties? We'll trunk it through uh, through September. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's sick. But you might get up there some mornings in September and, you know, it's 30 degrees out and you're jumping in a boat. <laughs> <laughs> when and how do you get into into the boat stuff? In my teens, growing up in Fresno, we have a lot of days around 110 degrees, really hot. Yeah. And so I would work, my, my dad's business was just down the street from the lake. So I'd work in the morning, he dropped me off at the lake, and I I started wakeboarding a bunch. And I was trying to be professional wakeboarding and snowboarding. I could see that. And then I crushed my knee in 2000. Yeah. And the impact of wakeboarding just killed me. So I just, and then with where snowboarding was going and wakeboarding was kind of dying, uh, I just went all in with snowboarding. So I had that background with boats. A lot of time. Had a lot of the tricks on dot on dial. Yeah. And then uh, wake surfing was fun. I found surfing when I was 16. I spent a lot of time. That was a beautiful thing about Fresno. You were an hour and a half from the coast, hour and a half from the mountains. Cool. So I was constant. Once I turned 16, I was driving back and forth nonstop surfing and had a love for the ocean. Yeah, your 16th birthday sounded like it was quite the day. How do you get your license on your very first day of being 16? Yeah, in Canada, when can you get your license? You can do it when you're 16, but there's some sort of like, you got to do like young drivers or you got to do so some sort of- So at 15 and a half, yeah. you can get a permit. Okay. So you go take a test, you get yeah. a permit, and yeah. then you can drive, you have to drive so much under your parents' yes. driving, and yeah. then uh, you have to schedule it, 
and I scheduled to take my test that day. Nice. Like the morning, I like as soon as they open. <laughs> yeah. You know, I booked it as early as I could. Amazing. I, which I was just motivated. Yeah. And so I got my driver's license when I turned 16. Amazing. And little did Palmer and Swag both know that um, the gear they sent me showed up on my 16th birthday. So oh, I got the- my first two sponsors. Wow. And my driver's license when I turned six. I'm <laughs> what like, a day. What happiest a day. kid on the face of the yeah, earth. <laughs> that's incredible, man. Yeah, there are some places in Canada where you can get a driver's license early, yeah. like what you're talking about. But now, huh, my, it takes like four years to get a full license. And, and it should. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it should. It should. Yeah. There should be some kind of snow driving course Oh in my there. God, of course. Of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I have my full license at 16 and we just took the car. I should have like, never been given my license. Yeah. We drove like 16 hours. We're like, let's go surfing. And we drove <laughs> out to Cape Cod. It's like so far away from where we lived. Should have never been allowed to, yeah. to drive. Yeah. That was nuts. Especially rental cars. <laughs> I mean, our whole goal every time we got a rental car was to make sure it caught air before we turned it. <laughs> Jumped every rental car. Oh my God. That's oh. awesome. <laughs> so you would drive and go surf and then drive yep. and go snowboarding. Yep. So Yeah. That's pretty sick, dude. Oh, that's that's why I can't leave California. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Except you can do that a lot. I've done it in New Zealand, Alaska, yeah. Norway, Chile. Where else? I think there's one other spot I'm missing, but oh, um, Australia as well. Surfing Surfed and, and snowboarding in the same day. Oh, all of those you did them in the same day. All of those in the same day. Oh, dude. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. I don't know, it's kind of this thing, right? Did you compete in that like uh, surf? snow challenge i did bend yeah how fun was that uh actually not the bend one they did one um oh, they here one in california yeah for a couple of years yeah 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 it turns out i really wasn't as good at surfing as i thought it was i think that wasn't that the thing were the surfers better snowboarders or were the snowboarders better surfers oh man the it's, skateboarders skateboarders and surfers yeah i think just because snowboarding is just not as hard it's so honestly. easy it's right. so easy yeah. compared to Dude, learning how to surf surfing's so hard or surfing well yeah. right 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 they crushed it um i did a little floater and thought i'd get some points and got yeah. like a three or something like, what <laughs> come on guys oh no <laughs> did a rock to fakey come on like what you know on the in the half pipe yeah but we had a blast with it it was really fun oh so it was a three of ev- three events yeah like skate, skating surfing surf, and snowboarding. snowboarding that's todd cool. richards did really well he was in it that year yeah he's a good surfer he's a great yeah. skater he's an amazing snowboarder yeah yeah i could see that yeah he really and he's a competitive did you compete against him yeah yeah, yeah. i uh, i was kind of coming in as he was going out but he was definitely winning vents when i showed up on the half pipe scene yeah yeah uh, i looked up to him a lot especially just uh i think if you wanted to follow someone that had a successful career yeah like what did he do to because he probably had one of the longer careers out of anyone I know. I think if you include his announcing career, he's the he's the longest like professional. Yeah, but even just just the snowboarding side. Yeah, you know, I mean, I guess he probably could have prolonged it a little bit more with backcountry. You know, someone that's he didn't never do that, did no. he? He never did. He didn't do a backcountry era. He's still doing McTwist, trying to see who can do him the longest in there, like <laughs> to the oldest with Terry, right? Is he? Yeah, I, I'm I not think surprised. so. I think so. I'm going to be talking to him too. My hopes is like, I just turned 40. I'm 41 now, but oh wow! when I turned, the day I turned young. 40, I had a really good backcountry day. I'm like, I got to backflip off a cliff and land it today. So that was like my goal is like, yeah, keep, keep backflipping. Oh, that's sick, dude. Yeah. I, I used to have this dream when I foolish as a teenager, like, I want to be doing backflips when I'm 80. Wow. I now really doubt that. <laughs> yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? I definitely, yeah. re- I, I'm, 
I see that we get more fragile as we get older. Like, oh hell yeah, we definitely just break. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Hey, eighty years old. You're halfway there. Then. You're halfway there. You're still doing them. That makes it sound like a really long ways away. <laughs> Yeah, it is a really long ways away, but it goes fast, actually. Right. I, f- I found all my 40s to go so quickly. Well, speed time speeds up, doesn't it? It does. It really, really does. Yeah, yeah it's kind of chaos. I'm definitely getting to the point now, like, I'm just enjoying riding my kids, seeing them. Yeah. I mean, like, you kind of, like today, you kind of sacrifice, like, a good pow day to just go do slow turns. But yeah. you're just passing the, the candle, you know? One of my favorite days ever was a pow day with my kids, and- yeah, it was a little bit frustrating. Uh, teaching my kids was frustrating because that's just the kind of person I am. They're like, how do we do it? I'm like, you do it. You just do it. Like you go practice fall. and you go and you go. And then then yeah. one day you can do it. But yeah, seeing the looks on their faces when they're like, we can go as fast as we want and just crash and it doesn't hurt. Like, yes, please. This is awesome. But yeah, you, yeah you'll get back there. You'll get back into the backcountry and oh, yeah. and you you got your free ride years <laughs> ahead of you. That's where I got my start in snowboarding. It was just free riding. Right. That's that's how we rode. We just made the, the mountain our playground. Yeah. And being up here in Tahoe, it it just it feels right. Like Tahoe is really playful. Yeah, it's very accessible. Place. I'm really happy every time I come down here. Blown away by the accessibility to like the number of resorts. Yeah. And just like, you know, there, there's a lot of hungry people. Like, how busy was it today? <laughs> that was calm. That was chill. Yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. It's Monday. It's Sunday Monday, was but insane. It, yeah. And yeah. that's still nothing. Like, you hit a holiday weekend and blue skies. Like, yeah. you might as well just sit on your couch. Because you're just going to be sitting in your car otherwise. <laughs> what if you, yeah. So, up. like, what if you roll up there at 6 a.m. or something and just get in the front of the line? You're gonna be on hold. I mean, if it's a big pow day, you're on hold. You're on hold. You, you just you, yeah. You know where to go and where not to go. Yep. There's there's days to go. There's days the the one days you try to grab are the sneaker days. Sneaker days. Those I mean, today was almost kind of one where you go out, you get the free refills throughout yeah. the day. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Super. Oh yeah. Was it dumping up there all day? It was dumping. Yeah. It was yeah. it was nuking pretty good. Is tomorrow supposed to be sunny? I think it is. Partly. Uh, I might go. You should. You definitely should. I gotta get interviews too, though. And I had such a good day yesterday. It's like, uh, do I ride or do I get work done? Uh, did you bring a split board? I don't even split. I'm embarrassed to say. Actually, I'm gonna own it. I'm not embarrassed to say it. I don't like splitting. It's I'm no good at skiing. Did Bassage say that today? I, no. I've tried to get him into it. He's like, ah, oh, it hurts my knee. I'm. Over he it. he says he's gonna. He actually did mention that on tape. I yeah. think that he that it hurts his knee. Yeah. No, no, right after we quit, because he's going to maybe go up to Area 2 for 1 tomorrow and try and Turn his chairlift on. Yeah. Get well, a snowcat. Get a snowcat. His area is so sick. Have you been up there? I've helped him build some of that stuff. Oh, that's so rad. I love Mikey. He's like one of my favorite dudes. He has the right idea. Like, he's conscious. He's paying attention. Dude, and he, His knowledge is incredible. He yeah. Just, and, and his ability to just dive in. He won't have everything figured out. He'll just have a vision yeah. and go. Yeah, I love that about him. Yeah, I, that motivates me to go beyond my comfort zone and cool. try things. Cool. Yeah, actually, we're talking about Todd Richards having a long career. Bassich is still sponsored right now. Oh yeah, and he was sponsored so. in '89. He's like, always been at the forefront. I mean, yeah, what he did yeah. with POV shots and that was insane. And then just everything his his resort. Yep. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you saw the rock on the front of the house. He helped me do all that here. 
No way. Yeah. Oh, that's rad. I loved what he did with his cow. I'm like, dude, would you help me? Yeah, yeah. So he came and spent a few days helping me uh, oh, that's, face the that's front of the wonderful, house. That's wonderful, man. That's so cool. He's such a rad dude. Yeah. He, I, so I feel, I don't know if you guys know what happened with losing his property. And we talked about it a little bit, but, and I know. Shop. Yeah. The dude lost everything, man. Eight months apart. I told him, it's like, you pretty much died. Yeah. And lost everything, but you didn't. Because when you die, you lose it. You take yes. none of it with you. Yep. He pretty much, everything got taken away. And he had amazing tools and car. I mean, just his life's work of woodwork that got burned up. I mean, that had to take a part of his heart. Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. Um, he seems like he came through it with a good attitude. Of course. I mean? He's Mikey. <laughs> yeah. that, that's yeah. Mikey right there. Yeah. He comes yeah. through. He's the most positive dude I know. Yeah. He's dope. Yeah, yeah. Any anytime I can get a day with him riding, it's like let's go. Yeah. So we'll put a lot of days in. Sometimes at Sugar Bowl. Yeah, because that's right near Area Two for One. And yeah, he's got his pass up there. That's yep. what he was saying. Yeah, rides with. Yeah, probably his wife rides too. I'd imagine. I haven't seen her out there riding. Oh, I imagine she rides, but okay. yeah. I'm sure his kids are going to be ripping soon. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm sure he's excited. That's going to be cool. He's going to be such a good daddy. Yeah, yeah. He talked about it. Yeah. Like he, His mom and dad are around. They they take... Man, every time he's got a project, guess who's there doing the backbreaking work? His mom and dad. Really? They're always there. Just, That's amazing. They have looked after that. him and yeah, Tina. They're yeah. just awesome family. They have to be. To have those two, like, yeah, they'd have to be <laughs> right? incredible. Right? Two awesome human, human beings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that did so much for the sport too. Right? Yeah, both of them. Both, both of them. them. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's really cool. Hey, you mentioned that you went to New Zealand for what was the heli? World Heli Challenge. That sounds, how did I miss this? Well, okay, first of all, I'm not a contest guy. I'm not even a video guy, you know what I mean? I just go out and snowboard. But I I know the names of people that have had a lot of fun doing <laughs> it, that have gotten in the magazines. I like that. And- but that sounds like something that sounds New like Zealand's wild. I mean, just with Queenstown and the kind of the X factor that's going on with bungee jumping and jet boating, they just kind of had this edgy lifestyle. Okay. And snowboarding fit right in. Yeah. And then doing that, I mean, incredible mountains, but really tricky to nail. I mean, you talked to Travis Rice, that um, first video party film down there kind of changed everything. Yeah. I mean, they put some serious time down there to get that many good days. Right. It's just not easy. Right. Uh, flat. There's no trees, so flat light, uh, very susceptible to avalanche, wind. Uh, it just rips through there. So to get it good, and uh, we had one year where like our freestyle day was just scary because it would be pow, you'd send a roller and land in ice. Oh, God. Like, it's not like you got to like ride it and figure out what was good. It all looked the same. Just like I was talking when I... Rupture my Achilles. Yeah. I know snow can fool your eyes. Right. Don't trust your eyes. Right. <laughs> and then the next day we were on this big steep face with gnarly features and it was blower. It was go time. I mean, the first round was kind of test the waters. Yeah. And when I realized how good it was, I mean, anyone that's put enough time in snowboarding and I'm sure you have the same thing, Eric, there's a few days you can think of that were so deep, so good oh, yeah. that you don't even look, you just go. Yes. It doesn't matter how big. Mm-hmm. I remember days where you just you look at the tops of the trees and make sure you don't run into a tree. <laughs> right. And other than that, if it's a small tree, whatever, there's enough snow in it. <laughs> I mean, I and there it's probably a handful of days that oh, I can yeah. think of like that. And that day at the Heli Challenge was like that. So this is a contest that's run in fresh snow. Yep. And what's the format? Two runs or something? It's kind of like it's more visual inspection. Yep. One run, and if there's time, do two. Oh, it's wow. all done by a bird. 
Yeah. Um, kind of, you know, the Freeway World Tour does something similar. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the big the big dogs. Because that's, that's how video parts are filmed, right? It's not like you get test runs. You can't track it up. Right. Because it's going to ruin the shot. So you look, you take a picture, you study it, you go up, you plan your line and go kick some butt. Yeah. And hope you stick it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hope it doesn't stick you. <laughs> so... Uh, I think that's kind of where the the pinnacle of free ride mount, big mountain is. You know, just see your line and and try and put it down. Yeah, so, and that was uh, the World Heli Challenge, and it was an event back in I think it was the '90s, and then they brought it back. And I think Rip Curl was the title sponsor, so oh, they sponsored wow. again. So that was kind of cool. Oh, that's rad! And to be a part of the Rip Curl team. Yeah, so yeah, that was neat. What other contests like that? You went to the Arctic Challenge. Yeah, I did a bunch of Arctic Challenge. We did. Gosh, I think I was part of nine X Games and. Holy um, shit. did the one Olympics. I think I only actually was able to ride in half of them because half of them I was injured. Yeah. <laughs> Including yeah. the one right for, I got injured right for the Olympics and I couldn't practice at all. I, I tore my Liz Franck. What it's, is that? It's a, a ligament that holds the bones in the middle of your foot together. Oh God. And I ripped it apart. So the doctors wanted to send a screw through the middle of my foot. Yeah. I'm like, no, I got to drop in the half pipe in 12 days. Yeah. So, and I couldn't even walk. So I just, I showed up on crutches and... And uh, they tried to pull me from the team. I'm like, I'll sit on my snowboard and go down. I I worked hard to get here, <laughs> which yeah. is super selfish. I'll admit, uh, you know, they had a – Ross Powers is there to take my place if I couldn't ride. Oh, poor Ross. Like, <laughs> I know, after winning in 02. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, I'm riding. Actually, the day of, I took one practice run. Like, we're good. Next nice. run, qualified third. Nice. And then uh, in uh, practice went great going into finals and – and like, all right, TV hold. Everyone take one more run. Took one more run and broke my wrist. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but I, whatever, still yep. ride. You can ride with a broken wrist. This just, is nuts. So your foot is fucked. You've got a broken <laughs> wrist. and you're Back with C's too. I couldn't turn to the left. Oh, my God. <laughs> and you're in the half pipe finals yeah. at, in Torino. You can push through anything for a few minutes. So. Oh, my God. I actually had a pretty good run going. I just was going a little bit bigger than I was in practice, and I... Uh, landed past into the half pipe. Yeah. Snapped the nose of my board off and that was it. <laughs> wow, man. That's nuts. Yeah. That's nuts. I, that has always been the thing about competitive snowboarding that has baffled me and skateboarding. I'm sure it's the same in surfing. Like a lot of athletes are hurt going into the big, like you're hurt a lot of the time. Like a lot, the Red Bull athletes have like this world Pretty much all the time. rehab. But it's amazing what you can do with a good support team yeah. with rehab. I mean, I couldn't have done that without the physio that I was going through nonstop. Yeah. B-Rad down in SoCal, he was traveling with me and, dude, magic man. He was just um, constantly hitting these trigger points, turning muscles on. I'd go beat him up, turn him <laughs> off. He'd turn him back on. I mean, he Olympics, he was working on me three times a day. Three times a day. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. But it was it was a miracle I was able to ride. Straight up miracle. It is a miracle. Like I yeah. <laughs> break your wrist and you don't just like go to the hospital and and no. No, no, just wrap it up. Wrap keep the going. wrist. Unfriggin' believable. <laughs> so I mean that's the thing that I, I'm thinking, like it's like that die hard, right? Like you've got that one day and so much goes into that one day that yeah, you're you're That's hard, yeah. I I feel bad for a lot of the Olympic athletes just because to put that much pressure on someone one day out of four years? Yeah. How heavy is that? And then fourth place to the end is I mean, a like, snowboard could blow it, and next week they got another event in Norway, and it's right, right. some huge event. So yeah. it wasn't 
it's not a make or break for a snowboarder. Right. It could make a snowboarder overnight. Yeah, totally. But it wasn't going to break a snowboarder overnight. Right. Yeah, I remember when Red Gerard won, he was like, it's just a contest. I'm just at another contest. Yeah. It's the same as every other I think there was something to that, because I think most snowboarders had that view of Olympics. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the everything for him. Right. And I think there's almost a draw from the public, you know, like- how do these guys not care that much? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's there's this draw that they're just not all about it and not attached to it. Right, right. Well, the '98 Olympics, we're talking about, you know, so the people that are there for the classic events have been training for this their whole life. They've had physiotherapy and at trainers and all the wax technicians, all that stuff, and then the snowboarders in '98 show up. <laughs> You know, Heike's is that when Heike had the mohawk? That was no, like, that was O two. Oh, that was O two. Right, right. Yeah. Like, like literally, these guys are on their own. You know, training, oh, yeah. drinking beer, the outfits were weed. a joke. Everything, <laughs> yeah, everything yeah. was a joke. Yeah, it, yeah. Well, and even that year, I think ninety eight was like an exhibition year, wasn't it? I it's think like so. Test the waters, and I think that's right. Ninety eight, and then two thousand two is it went huge. Yeah, Park City, Park City. Yeah, the oh. boys swept the podium. JJ, home Danny, turf. and Ross. Yeah, that's home nuts. turf. Yeah, that that sent everything in a different level for sure. Yeah, and, and then Snow- Sean White too. He was coming up into his own. Did you ride with him a bunch? Like, yeah. I mean, I I was competing with him at nationals when he was seven. Yeah, and yeah. then see him around Tahoe, and so yeah, we saw him. And one of my good friends I grew up with was directly competing with him in the amateurs. Because yeah. he was like seven, I think he was seven years younger than me, maybe six years younger. Yeah, yeah. Mikey Rents was on the Burton team, the same. They kind of came up together. Yeah. They would do those road trips together in the beginning. And I mean, Mikey went completely the other direction, right? Like this <laughs> yeah. soulful free rider guy, super freestyle backcountry guy. And, you know, Sean is Sean. No one's ever had the support that he had. Like they knew this kid had all the talent. Burton gets behind him. Yes. The pros get behind him. The industry gets behind him. So everything was laid. All he had to do was go out, land on his feet, and win. Yeah, and he did. He well, was he was bred to win, man. He there's something he crazy about the path he took. Like he was like a superstar guy that wasn't really a part of the community. It felt like he kind of did his own thing. Once you hit a different level, it's it's hard. I mean, I saw the falling out with his buddies, you know, he was close with Pierce and yeah. some of those guys. And uh, I remember the day they kind of had a falling out in locks. Yeah. And I, th- I think there's just a tension there, you know, how do you, ha- you continue this friendship with this stardom, you know, well, and I don't know how jealous they were, but either way it created tension. Right. And it's kind of like a marriage. It takes two. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, got it, you. It's never just one side. I got you. Um, and he, he had a lot of tension. He seemed and to have a hard time, like, being cool with that. You put any of us in that situation, and we're all going to struggle. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, he was, was part of our nature. He was just so dominant, hey? He was incredibly yeah. dominant, yeah. yeah. I mean, he just, he had an advantage and an edge. Yeah, that and, and, he, and he had the talent and the drive, yeah. which he, it's just like... I think a lot of it had to do with the support, too. Yeah. He just I, had a really good support. I could see He didn't it. have to be distracted with anything else he could go out and just ride oh you know I like i i constantly you know i was doing all my my travel bookings i was trying to do my <laughs> sponsorships i like i was trying to figure everything out yeah yeah and so that i think that kind of um takes away some of your focus where he could just 
every day. Yeah. You know, even like going to public school. Uh, that took away, right? I was <laughs> five course. days a week. I was sitting in a classroom instead of writing. Oh, man. Yeah. There's no academy out here that you could have gone to or something like that? I remember getting, once we went to nationals, I got some letters about academies. But, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the, my parents didn't have the money to send it's me It's expensive. Yeah. But the kids that went to those academies did really well. Oh, hell yeah. And honestly, I didn't really want to be in Vermont. Like, I kind of wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be in Cali. I'm just, like I said, man, the coast, yeah. even where I live now in Tahoe, like when I'm looking at a house, I'm like, all right, how quick can I be to the beach? Yeah. How yeah. quick can I be to an airport? Yeah. And that was kind of it. Like, I could come home, I could line up some photographers, get some shots, jump on a plane. I could shoot down to go surf for the day. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, amazing. It's just a lifestyle that I kind of just, yeah, really appealed to me. And I always wanted to be a part of my life. Yeah, I really want to hear about the Arctic Challenge, because that was Terrier's kind of, um, you know, thumbing his nose at the Olympics, or like, this is what an event can be like. How yeah. fun was it to go to those events? I think, I mean, if you're into other sports, or like like tennis, like the US Open was kind of the pinnacle. Like, yeah. that's what everyone wanted to go do. And for a snowboarder, your event you wanted to go do well at and be a part of was the Arctic Challenge. It wasn't X Games. It wasn't Olympics. Yeah. You talk to any snowboarder, they wanted to beat the Arctic Challenge. And why is that? Just Terry kind of being the legend that he was mm-hmm. of snowboarding mm-hmm. and being kind of the, the grandfather, the, the head figure, his design and big transitions with the backdrop of the fjords, with to follow up with surfing in the fjords, uh, everything about it. And, and not to mention, when you went to be a part of it, you were experiencing the Norwegian lifestyle i mean like we're eating well and all kinds of crazy fish that you never 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 would eat yeah. uh it just the whole experience was incredible the the local people were so welcoming and so supportive i mean all the kids got out of school and showed up cool i mean the town showed up when they did event um even just the the backhoe dug quarter pipe not to mention the biggest airs row he's done there right yeah and that was kind of my thing, like in half pipe, I wasn't always, you know, I was always battling onto Adi for the the win in the half pipe. Yeah. He was doing back to back ten eighties and I was trying to go bigger on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I fit my mind like win the crowd, win the judges. Yeah. yeah I always tried yeah. to win the crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. So that was and that was my niche. So I kind of focused on it, right? Like yep. all right, I know I can go bigger. And I think a lot of it came back to being at a mountain where I chased around these older guys that were better than me. Yes. And we rode fast so that we could hit the natural features with speed so that we could fly. Yeah. That ushers me in a border cross. I learned how to go fast. I chased Palmer around. Here's how you sit on a snowboard. Here's how you take a line through a turn. That transitions into half pipe. Palmer's making these fast boards. So, you know, honestly, my half pipe board, I don't, it sounds like you distribute them for a while. I don't know if you ever rode it. It really wasn't that fun to free ride on, but man, it's too you, stiff. Exactly. Yeah. But you could go about three, four feet higher in the half pipe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It ripped in the half pipe. Yeah. yeah. I remember people saying, like, your board kind of sucks for free riding. Like, <laughs> and, and I still have some of them. And I, and I realize right. it now. Right. I'm like, yeah, I don't ride that thing anywhere except in the half pipe. Yeah. And mine were actually stiffer than the production ones. Oh, my God. They were, but that's, that's incredible. They were super stable. And, yeah. And now I realize that if I go to a normal board, I'm going about three to four feet smaller. Of course. Of course. Yeah. If not more. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, it feels like just a little wet noodle. Like, how are you going to hold an edge and get your speed? Yeah. And then right. the the pipes went from, you know, the 18 to 22, yeah. right around, I was right around uh, 06. Okay. And my favorite event at the time was in Locks in uh, in Switzerland, and they had the first 22. Oh, wow. And you could go huge. Like, I remember the first time I rode that thing, I feel like I'm hitting a 60-foot kicker. Like I got time in the air to do whatever. I mean, a seven twenty felt like a three. Wow! And and even nines and everything it was just it was floaty. And that was um, one of my guys I always looked up to, John Paderas. He would do this like frontside three off his toes. He never grabbed his board, but it looked like he was floating because his board would go this way and he'd spin this way. Yeah. And he just kind of had this kind of like Michael Jackson doing his moonwalk. Sure. But sure. on a snowboard. Yeah. And that always had this attraction. I always wanted things to look floaty. I didn't want it to be spinning like a top. I wanted yeah. to feel like I'm flying and floating. Yeah. And that half pipe allowed it. And I fought hard. I'm like, put this in the Olympics. But no one could ride it because you had to go so much faster. Yeah. And yeah. I was used to going that fast from border cross. So I would have had a huge advantage if they would have done that half pipe in the Olympics. But no one was ready. You're the first and only person I've ever heard that was like, that that rode 18 and that was their thing at where 22 was like, Bring it on. It was amazing. Most people were like, oh my God. I loved like, it. Why? It was why Why are we doing it? Big transitions. Yeah. I mean, you were just, and you could go so big. You yeah. Because in 18, your legs are geeing out. Right. And, and it was easy to miss transition. Right. Oh, that's that's crazy cool to hear. Yeah, I rode 22 one time and look, I couldn't, I couldn't ride 18 great. Uh, 12. Well, it, I like 12 and 14. Those are To go great. two feet out, you're mocking yeah. across the flat bottom. It's so scary. And- yeah. Really, at a ski resort, it, you had to like, you have to keep the flat bottom perfect. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't. If it gets chundry, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You're going a foot out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for a, a ski resort, it almost makes no sense to have a 22. Cypress built the thing for the Olympics, and the next year, actually, the next week, they drove a cat down the middle and put like a foot gap so no one could ride it. Like uh, they, it the was curb. like, yeah, it was instant. That's how the half pipes used to be. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, curve yeah the curve right it Until was frank wells is like no guys here's how you dish it out it was so sad because we thought that was it we're gonna have a half pipe forever and and they never built it again oh my gosh yeah that is devastating it was such a bummer that is devastating <laughs> yeah because i mean even you know even for the first hour of the day you could you could let her rip yeah until yeah. too many people go through but yep yeah they were they were amazing it was a different feeling, though. You see it at Mount Hood in the summer, mm. how popular the half pipe is, because you get so many hits in a row. Oh, yeah, where you're hiking? It makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Except it's, don't they have palm or like little rope toe lifts up there now? They sure do. We never yeah. had that. Yeah, no. That Our was... first event every year was at Breckenridge, 9,000 feet, yeah. and we were hiking. Okay? <laughs> every year, it's all boiler because it's all man-made snow. Totally. It was I called it break a rib. A lot of people call it break and fridge. We got, I had so broke off there so many times. My first dislocation, concussions, ankles. Oh, that place was brutal. Wow. But they could, because of elevation and the cold, they could have the first pipe. So would you get, you know, you'd have to acclimatize to that, to the base elevation and all that, or you're fine? Because you're. No, we just went and we're a mess. <laughs> we just were headaches and. Yeah. I remember one year, every year I went there, I got sick and yeah. just, it was, it was tough, man. And we did do tour. We do, um, Grand Prix. There's usually, we're doing like three events every year. Yeah. And it was just brutal. Like, <laughs> and my buddy, 
uh, JJ, he'd always laugh. He'd be like, he, he lived in Breckenridge. He's like, I don't know what it is with these events, but we know the weather's going to be bad every time you guys come. You guys leave, <laughs> it's blue. You come, it's windy. I used to, and it was really bad because like I said, my niche was trying to go big. Yeah. Well, in a half pipe, if the wind blows, it would seriously blow me away from the wall. That sucks. And so if, if the wind was blowing hard, my uh, my advantage was gone. Right. I just, it was pretty much a bad event for me if the wind is blowing hard. Yeah, you need perfect transitions and perfect. Yeah. Didn't that, I was, I got good at, at finding transition. Cool. Um, but the wind was something that you couldn't control because you go up, you didn't know if you're going to get hit by a gust or not. Right. Mammoth was another place that got, I a lot of times missed a transition. <laughs> oh, God. So did it start to take its toll on you, all the injuries and stuff at some point? Or I never minded getting broke. Right. I, I was always willing. I had so much heart. I loved it so much that I wasn't afraid to get hurt. And I probably, you know, looking back, I wish I could have changed that. I wish I would have taken care of a little better care of my body. Yeah. Um, but you look at a lot of top athletes and they've all been pretty broke off. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Sean Murray's a good buddy of mine. He's short. Just He yeah. still sends it big. And like you watch us walk next to each other and you're like, <laughs> you guys got issues, you know. <laughs> we both kind of got this weird hiccup in our giddy up and... And, uh, but we, we kind of have this thing, keep moving. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. He was such a dominant wakeboarder. Oh my still God. Still is. He's incredible. Yeah. Is he still that good? He, he yeah. is so good. He still yeah. rides at 46. Red. Like, like he's 18. No way. He's so And he's entertaining to watch ride. Yeah. He it's, was good. It makes you want to go wakeboard. I don't so wakeboard smooth. anymore, but. So smooth. I did it the last day. I think I wake or second to last day I wakeboarded was doubles with him. Oh, wow. And I'm like. I might, I should have just hung up my board right then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm done wakeboarding. That was the highlight. We're jumping over each other. Oh, I think no he was way. jumping over me. And, <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, I'd follow, do a trick. He'd do it. It was, and he's like cheering you on. You're he like, invented tricks, right? Like, that oh, was a bunch his, of tricks. Yeah, yeah. Like, he was there at the beginning. And he went bigger than everyone, which, yeah. which I loved. Yeah. He, I mean, as cheesy as this is, I'm going to, yeah, make a fool of myself here. But I used to cut out bumper stickers and put on the tip of my nose and my snowboard, go big. <laughs> I love it. Like, that's I need awesome. it right. It was so cheesy. <laughs> no, that's like, super Older guys would make fun of me. Like, yeah, yeah they, and they should, but that's but, so And they awesome. should, and they did. Yeah, no, that's that's incredible. That's dope. <laughs> uh, no, I, the, uh, you know, I never had a career. I am I was an am all the way through, but definitely had that go big attitude. Seeing Damien doing stuff, yeah. Farmer, like you say. Farmer, so you start Christy. with Farmer. He is the go big guy. He was. Like he, he, he was breaking trail. He was the first guy to do the Baker Road Gap. Yeah. And he did it with his shirt off. What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. So yeah, Go Big is super sick. That's <laughs> that's so so dope that that was your MO. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, that's what Palmer did his whole career on. He just, he went fast and hated everyone. Yeah. And went really, really big. I learned a lot from Palmer. He, you know, he always taught me like, you got to have this mindset. You got to, you got to win here. Cool. And for him, he hated everyone. He wanted to kill him. Really? Yeah. That's what happened. That, and he would, I mean, he, and he was furious. He yeah. was mad in the start. He was mad after he won. He was mad at the hotel later. <laughs> and we had a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And then uh, for me, I found, because I had a burnout stage where I did too many events. And mm-hmm. I just, I wanted it too bad. And I, I missed the whole point of what I was doing in the first mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. And I finally like, I need to just go have fun. Yeah. Those days I was talking about where I was just riding with the local rippers. We do a contest, cheering each other on. So that kind of became like bringing it back, bringing the fun back in it. 
And that it changed my snowboard career, honestly, to just go have fun. And that's how that's how I would do well. And that's how I could get my mindset to get be a consistent rider and win quite a few events. So was through the have fun. Have fun Cheer, and I cheered on those snowboarders. They were my buddies. We're traveling around yeah. ten months out of the year together. Yeah. It's not like you're gonna I I couldn't hate my buddies. Like it, it brought me down and i you know, I wouldn't do well. So I if I was cheering them on and having fun. Yeah. Because all I had to do was put down my run. Yeah. I didn't have to, like, I wanted them to land their run. But if I could put down my run, I knew I'd do well. So <laughs> Yeah, that's sick. So that was that was really fun, and that changed everything. Yeah. So that's where you have all your success, in that, like, happy place, more happy. <laughs> Full, yeah. I love happy yeah. Gilmore. Happy yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Go to your happy oh, place, your happy place. Yeah, that was me. It's all in the hips. Yeah, yeah. it was all in the hips. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Too sick. good for your home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you calling the whole? Yeah, love yeah. that movie. That's epic. Epic. So... How yeah, like how long is the career? I don't even know. Like, so um it was ninety seven I get my first sponsors. Yep. Um ninety nine I'm now a paid writer. Uh and then through two thousand eleven. Oh geez, that's a long career. So, yeah, I, I feel very blessed. Yeah. Um and you, you asked about injuries and stuff, did it take its toll? And when I first started Stoma, I used to have these dreams. Where I'd hit the first jump in the in the snowboard park, I'd grab and I just hold, kind of like the video game, like 1080, yeah. right? Where you yeah. just you hold and you just keep spinning until yes. you land at the bottom. Yeah. That was my dream. It was this awesome dream. And I'd always land in the parking lot all soft. Nice. You know, like just yeah. perfect, smooth. And, yeah. And that was this awesome dream. And then all of a sudden, I'd say like 09, I start having these nightmares. Uh-oh. Like I can't remember my run, what I'm supposed to do in my run. I'm falling, like I'm mm. crashing. Like my mindset changed. It was really interesting. All of a sudden, that passion I had so many years for snowboarding started to disappear. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I really feel like, I mean, I, I'm a follower of Christ, and I believe in Jesus, and I believe He changed my heart. I believe He He changed my path. And in 2011, um, Freeride World Tours, I had won the the World Heli Challenge. They gave me a full ride to to do the Freeride World Tour. I go to a couple stops, and I'm praying through this. I'm like, Lord, I don't, I don't know. What I'm to do because I I feel like I have a change of heart, but I have this opportunity. I know I can push through and recreate myself as a snowboarder. I've done it in the past, but I also know what's at, at stake uh, moving forward. And I know I want to start a family, but I, I just kept praying through it. And I went to the first stop. I did this silly little fall, like stupid little nose buckled, tumbled, stopped right before a cliff, dropped it, rode down. It's like, well, blew that run, right? You can't can't fall. So like, we'll come to the next event. No big deal. Everyone falls. And praying through that too. In the next, that event, I uh, I changed my riding. I, I usually don't do much billy goating. I kind of like ride fast, try to go big. Yeah. Do some tricks or something. And um, I took this billy goat line where you kind of have to shut down your speed, go through a no fall zone. And then, and then I could ride out with speed. I get in the no fall zone. I do the little air and I just land on teeth. It was all rock. Oh, and it just man. grabs my board. And I start tomahawking through rocks. And I remember seeing rocks exploding. I actually, I had a camera on my head. And if you put it in slow-mo, you see rocks exploding. Like I'm bouncing off rocks, tumbling oh down his face. The, the event organizers on the radio, uh, medics get to him before I even stop tumbling. Like I'm still tomahawking. And he's like, medics get down to him. And I just had this piece that like an angel was with me, protecting me as I hit these rocks. 
and I come out, I land on my feet, and I ride out, hit a cliff, and ride into the flat bottom. I'm just like, I'm okay. I'm alive. And and the riders, they're feeling like, what, dude, you're dead. You, you should not be standing. I did have a hole in my hip from one rock, but um, they it was like five stitches. <laughs> and uh, but I, was, I rode out, and, um, and I just felt like I needed to hang it up. That was it. I'm like... They and they invited me to the next stop. And I'm like, you know, I need I need to go home. Mm-hmm. I need to go just chill. I felt like this door was closing. I kept trying to push it open, kind of like if you got your foot in the door, right? You can't yeah. close it, yeah, until you pull your foot out. And I so I just pulled my foot out, yeah, and the door came slamming shut. You know, um, oh, 09 was pretty hard on the snowboard industry. Yes, it really took its toll. Um, and I was a pretty high paid rider. By industry standards at that point, so I think, you know, you you cut Andy and you got a, a lot of your budget back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, trying to reinvent myself, I'm I'm not doing half pipe anymore. I kind of gave like a half go at the Olympics 2010 qualifying, but I was dislocating like crazy. Mm. I just blew out. I had had surgery and blew it out 11 months later. Oh no! And I'm starting to run out of spare parts. Yeah, like, I've had yeah. nine surgeries at that point. Oh God. I just had my 10th. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm running out of spare parts and I just needed to, I just need to just chill. And the, the, I lost, I had seven sponsors. Yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I'll lose half. It'll still be enough to live off. I lost every single sponsor that year. Seven for seven. Like January 1st, all gone. Oh. I'm like, okay. But like I said, I was praying through and I just knew like, I'm not going to plan anything for three months. Here we are. What? 11 years later, almost 12 years later, I still haven't planned anything. And wow. Just Lord has provided job after job, opportunity after opportunity. Um, I had, I wanted to go into physical therapy, but I had never had time. And now I really don't have time. <laughs> I'm pretty busy. And yeah. Uh, so the Lord provided. And, and what kind of jobs are we talking? Man, for a while, I, I did anything. Well, I was starting to do some announcing. Yeah. I think I mumbled too much. Maybe you noticed. <laughs> no, man. You, you sound great. And then I, I started doing quite a bit of um, commentating and speaking gigs where I'd go and speak to people. And then I, I did the Amazing Race with Tommy. Right. That opened up a bunch of opportunities. That was 2011. That was just a couple of months after I retired. Yeah. Forced retirement. <laughs> Even though I kind of, like, I just, I felt it was time to walk away. Uh, I had a couple pretty major problems with, like, dislocating and a thumb that wasn't working. And Jeez. I just needed to get some stuff fixed. Yeah. And it wasn't like you could get it fixed and go back to snowboarding because you're beating your body up. Yeah, yeah. And these are like last chance qualifiers. Like you get this fixed, Yeah. you need to take care of it. This is kind of like your last surgery in that area. Yeah, if you break you it. stretching tendons. Yeah, and, if you break it with hardware. And, and you got major it's, it's, problems. Yeah, you're nuts. Yeah. So it was like, all right, you got to take care of your body now. So um, I used to I always tell people. If you're riding at 100%, I always ra- rode like 110, 120. Yeah. I was rolling the dice. Yeah. I knew my limit and I constantly went past it. Mm. I wanted that win. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it paid off, sometimes it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Now I ride, I try to ride like 10, 20% under. Yeah. I still know my limit. <laughs> yeah. Of course. And I still, I try to ride. That under. makes way, yeah, that's more of a dad way of riding for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then surfing, like surfing was amazing. Like I, you go out, you can push hard in the ocean. Yeah. I don't know how many times I thought I was going to die and I come out fine. Right. You know, you're hurting at night, but it's a good hurt. Yeah. Where I go snowboarding and start being like a bad hurt. And then I started riding in the backcountry a bunch. Tahoe yeah. has amazing backcountry. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, again, I'm hurting at night, but it's a good hurt. Yeah. So, That's uh, it. 
I really just found a new love for snowboarding through riding backcountry. That's so sick. And I, and I ride on my own terms. You know, it, it was scary on the big mountain events. Yeah. You didn't always ride when the conditions were good. Right. When you're expected to go down this gnarly face. Like, I wouldn't even consider going down this if it the, wasn't a contest. The first few times I saw the free ride world tour on TV, I've only seen it a handful of times. Yeah. When you're saying you didn't usually billy go, it's like, and even even Travis Rice's natural selection, yeah. like you see what happens. You've got this big wide mountain, but if somebody takes a line and you see them chuff a jump and then another jump, they connect these features together, and you get second tracks at it. You're like, yeah, I'm going there. Like I'm not just running a wide open, God knows what run. Yeah. I, I this like I've actually seen, and he's put in a track. Oh, okay, this is the speed. I'm going to go straight at it from a little bit higher and there and there's a takeoff that's already packed down like so I I watch those and go like these this format's kind of weird it's gnarly in that how could you possibly put down like a filmed run top to bottom first try like it's but but that's what filming is though but then they did it they like did, yeah, yeah this last one like Travis and like just watching that was like it's a impressive. Game. Yeah, yeah. It se- separates the men from the boys for yeah. sure. But watching him in the free ride world tour, I was like, some of the stops, I'm like, those conditions are bullshit. Oh yeah, and it showed. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it doesn't make snowboards look very good. No, the skiers can rip it, but right, it shows. You know, snowboard tr- trying to slam on the brakes to dump speed. Yeah, it's ugly. And they're just chattering through stuff. It's and- ugly. Yeah, but I mean, I get it. That's a chat. How do you do it? I talked. What, to- what do you do? Right. I talked to Birdie about it. Like Bertrand. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's such a dude. Did you ever race against him? I never. Raced I raced against-, against him for years. He was a coach at Windell's when I went there in 1990 or 91. <laughs> yeah, awesome, yeah, 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 yeah. He he and he, and I've had him on the show. So he has so much heart in competitions, yeah. right? Like he, he was winning a bunch of swatch border crosses when I was racing. So that was yeah. when you were racing against yeah. him. Yeah. How is he as a competitor? Pretty serious. Ah, uh, yeah. The, I think all the Europeans were real serious. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But just a smiley, happy, awesome. Oh, dude. they were great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. But I mean, plan an event. Yeah, he has a tough job, man. How do you how do you run it? And they're totally willing to to make changes to make it better. Right. But it's you're dealing with Mother Nature. It's like a surf event, right? I mean, yeah. they kind of copy, um, you know, WCT event, right? Where it's like you have a two week window. Mm-hmm. Conditions get good, you run it. Conditions never good, you still got to run it in crap conditions. And when you think about that, a two week window, a professional snowboarder that's top of their game, giving up a two week window <laughs> in the yeah. in the prime of their career. Like, so you're going to get a lot of people in these events that just, you're like, who? And then you watch them run and you're like, what? Like, not in Travis's event, okay. but the world, free ride world tour, I don't want to shit on it. I just, like, when I watched it, I was like, I get what this is trying to be, but it just, it logistically looks like a fucking nightmare. I bet, I imagine trying to run it would be really tough. Yeah, like almost yeah. impossible. But, you know, we've seen the events, I've see them where they just it turns on and it's amazing that's sick i mean you're pumped you know yeah 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 that would be the best that and, be and the i've best. seen guys including travis um ride it when the the conditions weren't good and they still made it look good it is yeah. doable yeah travis Some, did. It depends on the terrain and yeah in the approach um but sometimes it and it depends on the you know the just the lay of the land if it's yeah. more down the fall line type terrain 
uh, it's really tough conditions are bad because you build speed too quick. Yeah. If yeah. it's kind of uh, traversing lines, that works. Yeah. That, you can dump your speed. Yeah. Scary Cherry or whatever the run is at, uh, <laughs> at Bald Face. Yeah. That, that it's, it's so it, steep. It's so steep that you could see like it, you've got, you basically. I remember the first day they ran that, the guys would send something and all of a sudden they go 30 feet further than they were planning. Yes. It's nuts, right? Yeah. You just, that's, and that's the way Alaska is. Yeah. I mean, I, I know the first time I rode Alaska, I, I was about eight feet off my line. Instead of doing a 30-footer, I ended up going like 80 and oh, exp- wow. just missed an ice chunk, you know? Like, God. You got, it's steep. You you go far really fast. What capacity do you go to Alaska in? Are you shooting, like filming or shooting shots? Uh, I haven't done a ton of Alaska. Yeah. But yeah. I've done um, a couple film sh- trips. Yeah. Um, we did a commercial up there. <laughs> It's embarrassing to say. There was this Casio phone. I'm going to share it because it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. I'll this, put it in a window. In the- <laughs> or it was this phone and they called it GZ1, but it was like G with like apostrophe and a Z. Horrible branding. But the way it looked, it looked like Jizz1. Yeah, and I they was had just going to say GZ. What is that supposed to be? G apostrophe Z is what? Jizz? You go, <laughs> that's, Jizz a, that's the only thing it, it was, could be. And we show up and they got it. They they took some rope curl clothing and they put big old branding, which is like kind of a no go on snowboarding. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Justin Lambert and I were just dying. Oh, you're up there with Justin. Yeah, That's I was up so there with Justin. We had a great trip because yeah. we were surfing and yes. and snowboarding and yeah. But man, we had this battle. We're wearing this jizz one outfit. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna go jizz one. This is great. <laughs> That's how does marketing miss that? I don't know. That's nuts. They wrote a check. We went. Yeah. We we surfed. Hellied. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was yeah, an amazing yeah. trip. Yeah. You had an we, amazing trip. So. We, we just won in Alaska, man. Yeah. <laughs> just won. <laughs> yeah. Because it was a G-Shock. That was the Casio G-Shock yeah. stuff was like, I get that. Yeah. That makes sense. It's supposed to be this indestructible phone. Like we threw it in a fire and ice. <laughs> and I don't know. It was hilarious. Just one phone. That's But insane. it was pretty rad. They... Uh, other than they ran our surfboards out to the point, it was, a, it was like a mile walk to where the surf was. Yeah. And they strapped our boards down on this ATV and the rack went through our surfboards. Like they put all these holes in our board. But we still, they flew us to the point on the bird. Yeah. So like we land, we come from snowboarding, land on the point, grab our surfboards, paddle out. Like that was pretty cool. That's insane. The, fir- the first day we show up, we're walking out and I'm about waist deep. It was this long walk out on the point, walking through these rocks. And it's about double overhead the first day. And I'm like, what is that in the lineup? There's like a, a fishing boat or something in the lineup. And I'm like, oh, I'm seeing things, whatever. It's Alaska. I'm take a couple more steps. There it is again. What the heck is that thing? Pretty soon, it's like a 100-foot humpback whale breaching right oh, on the takeoff point. Whoa. And we just spent an hour walking out the point, yeah. half hour putting on this wetsuit. <laughs> We're now going to have to paddle our hearts out. At which point do you turn back? Yeah. You don't. <laughs> you keep going. That's nuts. Alaska's just wild. It was incredible. Yeah, that sounds amazing. The seals look at you like you're a stranger. You're like, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> yeah. It was It was cool. Surfing in Alaska is rare too, right? Like there's not like a ton of people that have done it. That's cool. There's there's a little community there in, in Yakutat. Yeah. And then we took a bush plane to Icy Bay. Yeah. And uh, the plane lands at the airport. They pull off a dead guy, put us on. We fly to... Fly to Icy Bay, and uh, we were paddling into these waves that had like 
ice uh, glacier ice chunks floating around. Like, oh my god! Like, hope I don't hit one of those in yeah, the wave or duck would, dive into that'd one. That'd right? break a board, right? It was cold. Or oh, not break your you head. out? Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I I am very grateful for all the years um, of experience the snowboarding gave me. Yeah, what a life, dude! It, it was incredible. unbelievable. Things we got to experience. Um, I'm a little mad at myself because I was a foolish teenager and even young twenties. I didn't know what I had my hands on. Mm. I didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. Um, the things we were doing, yeah. I wish I could have absorbed it some some way more. Like I told you earlier, I don't remember half of the things. Yeah. You're just on this whirlwind. Get yeah. on the next plane, grab. I used to have two sets of bags packed. I'd come home for two hours. I'd have all the same boards and bindings and same clothes in two separate bags. <laughs> wow. So I'd come home, drop one set of bags, grab the other, and go hop on another plane. So you just kind of this whirlwind. Half the time, I didn't know where I was. Um, I couldn't tell you what towns I was in. Right. Um, I could probably tell you the people I was traveling with, but. Yeah, some some people have that like kind of steel trap memory for stuff. Do you have it when someone reminds you and then you go, "Oh yeah," and then that guy was there. still foggy. Yeah, still foggy. Yeah, or or they'll tell me something I did and I have no <laughs> recollection. And it's not because I was hammered or something. It was just yeah. I just I I've started to have that because I'm old. <laughs> yeah, like I was horrible. You meet so many people, I just would dis- dismiss names right away. And I, yeah, most which people, is a horrible trait. Most people do that. Yeah. You know, I, you go to a trade show, and it's like, hey, nice to meet you. Move, you know, and oh, yeah. meeting all these people. Oh, and, totally. And uh, I wish I was better about that. Like, Yeah. I, I put an intention in there when my kids were small to, like, learn the names of the friends, you know, and the parents of the classroom. Just, it's more comfortable to yeah. be, you know, three years in, that was my first kid. My second kid, it's like... How many you know, kids by, you got? I got two. Two? All right. And by grade one for my second yeah. kid, I That's didn't good. know. good. You still got kids. a hand for each of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You holding this one? You smack that one? <laughs> yeah, totally. How old are your kids? Yeah, 23 and 19. They're not kids. No, they're not. <laughs> That's true. That's, uh, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to break that to you. It's, yeah. <laughs> I still think of them as my kids. Yeah. yeah Although, totally. these will be. Yeah. Yeah, they're great, too. They're unbelievable. Cool. But they're yeah, blessed. yeah. I've So now I've started forgetting, like, full-on events. Like where I'm like, my parents visited? And my wife's like, yeah, remember? We went to that restaurant. That's why you have your wife. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't even, no, I don't, I don't, yeah. And Can it's you a warn me when feeling. I need to remember these things? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a frustrating feeling to, to you know, especially if somebody was like, remember that trip we went to, you know, wherever we yeah. had such a time? And you're like, oh, we went to wherever together? Went to Europe? What? That's sick. Did she get mad at you? <laughs> Not yet, because no, it's no. really, we're at the first one. So I don't oh, know just, what it you is. just had the first one. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's bong resin, or I, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, because I'm not a heavy drinker anymore. I, I, I don't smoke weed all the time. Like, so I should be clear. I should be crystal, but it's, I, there, there's just too much Do stuff. Do concussions play into it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, concussions. I know. That should sure. be my excuse. You seem pretty crisp, man. I've I've I got some friends that have had some major concussions, and it's that is not a fun one. Have yeah. you have you had like multiples? Oh yeah. Oh dude. But you know they never like. I grew up playing soccer, and yep, I used to take pride and be able to kick a basketball as high as I wanted, and then head it. I'd have adults <laughs> kick it, kick as high as you can, and I'd head it. Like I had a hard head. Yeah, the pit bull. That's I used to hit my head all the thing. time growing up, yeah, so yeah. I think it got pretty darn hard. And yeah. Uh, and snowboarding, it never bothered me. I'd hit my head, and yeah, I had a couple concussions. You know, lightning bolts to your eyes, a little loss of memory. Or yep, yeah. One one in New Zealand was really weird, where everything 
I would know I'm looking at Eric. Yeah. But you look different. Oh, It was this wow. weird, I don't know, it was really weird. But either way, um, none of them really bothered me, lingered. And then I think it was like in, gosh, 2018 or something. I, I, I hit my head, not, and not even that hard. Yeah. But it lingered for three months. Mm-hmm. Like, I hit my head. I'm like, shoot, I should probably chill. I feel like I might have just got a concussion. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, 10 minutes later, I had a lightning bolt through my eye. And oh, then, no. And then it lingered for three months, which I never had happened, which I think that was residual. So, Yeah, because they pile up on each other. Or I'm just getting old. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just turning to mush up there. Yeah, I mean, your demeanor and your happiness, it doesn't seem like you have like crazy post-traumatic stress. By the grace of God, man. But it definitely seemed like towards the end of your career there, your body was trying to tell you something. Like, it was time. Body. It was time. I was starting running out of spare parts. And yeah. I just needed to chill. I, yeah. needed, I, need, I wanted to start a family. And I'm so, the timing was so good. Yeah, and when my knee played a big, uh, in 2004, Five or 2004, somewhere in there. Yeah, so through those last few years of competing, she was like... Yeah, we, we got married a year later. Yeah. And uh, so she, she got to experience... I actually decided I was going to marry her while I was at the Olympics. Oh, wow. And I gave her the trip from hell. To, and I'm like, well, if I'm going to marry you, you should probably come. So she didn't... We didn't talk about it, but I knew. <laughs> so I, I she actually told her friend the day I asked her. Yeah. She's like, I think he's going to break up with me today. Oh wow! And then I asked her to marry me later that day. So that's insane. <laughs> why, why was Reed so? I was I was acting weird. Just I think we were. I, I had this certain way I wanted to ask her, and I needed perfect weather. And we were in Morro Bay, and it was foggy for two weeks straight. Oh, there wow. was like three days on the weather forecast that were supposed to be sunny. And it was yeah. just foggy every day. And it was the last day, and it was foggy. And I'm like, dang it! This You're is ridiculous. I was so mad. mad. Yeah, I was yeah. so mad. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was funny. That is hilarious. Yeah, we never talked about marriage, nothing. So she just, it was out of left so it was field. Out of the blue. Oh, yeah. And she was cool. She was down. Oh, yeah. She was, she was so down. So she experienced those two bag days where, where you would be home for a minute and then mm. back on an airplane. Yeah. And stuck with you. And she all was that a sales stuff. rep for Nikita Clothing at the time. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, she's traveling. I'm traveling. I think about four months into it, I'm like, this isn't going to work. Right. You, we'll never see each other. Right. And I made good money. She didn't need to work. So, um, so yeah, she, so then we kind of had a rule of thumb. If I uh, went somewhere for more than two weeks, she came. Oh, that's so right. She got to do a bunch of cool trips. And if I went to Japan, she came. She loved Japan. Oh, killer. Yeah. Japan was right. Yeah. Japan seems awesome. It's amazing culture. Yeah. Hum- the humility, the humbleness, um, the red carpet there. Love that place. My kid took, my oldest took uh, Japanese. And so, uh, yeah, I want to, surprise her with a trip one day it'd be so fun to go i mean i want to go there for pow somebody told me it's pretty flat actually i think hako gets pretty steep but there's yeah i don't know it's just lots of snow it's so deep though it's so good they they get just that the pool of moisture that they're and the blower pow oh my god yeah Yeah. it looks too good i'm pretty excited i actually got a a trip planned this year uh through talus surf company oh cool we're gonna go coach and yeah and uh take a family over there and nice do some some snowmore in japan again oh that's epic so, so you still have your you still got your toe in the water You're oh still, yeah yeah we yeah. i mean shoot when it turns on in tahoe i know what 2017 and 2019 it was so good like we got we were getting some shots published and Dumb. um it was rad like it and it's not like we were even trying it just when it gets good here yeah it's easy to make stuff look amazing oh yeah um so we got some great shots, yeah. So still, we'll still film, still shoot, and it's Rest. just fun. Just go out with the boys, 
have a good time, get a drone shot. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, that's so it's sick. Chill. I mean, I don't know how anyone has a professional career. The the script's been rewritten. It's been rewritten, hasn't it? Yeah. 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 It's totally different. Well, when you look to like, yeah, no, I don't even want to get into. Let's it. not go there. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> it's it's a different, it's a completely different yeah. thing. It's more realistic. Like some of the money you guys were making, like how does a company afford to pay that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like because it's based on projections. It's like we're we're gonna double our sales, and then when that doesn't happen, they're like, oh, we better do it next year because we did all our projections on this growth. But you know the cool thing is, it's still kind of this this free range. It's it's. Make it up as you go. I think that's what has always made snowboarding what snowboarding is. The pro snowboarders that I've talked to of this generation, they've got so much heart and so much passion for it. it, That's cool. It's the same. They're the same people. You know what I mean? And they're making the rules up as they go. It's not not like this is how you do it. Right, right. And I think that's what always gave snowboarding that awesome image. Yeah, yeah. Or bad image. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true right make it up as you go awesome i i mean i could go forever we just did an hour and a half i'll let cool. you get back to your family dude they're all asleep already it's good <laughs> i'm the late nighter <laughs> thank you so oh i we're gonna close it out with a with a little tune I all think. right well it is uh christmas yeah so, i'm gonna turn the uh i'll, I'll get i'll get this little beauty out. little star dave this this is a a replica from um the violins that were made in the concentration camps by the Jews. Oh, my God. If it was an actual one, it'd be worth about half a million dollars. But it would sound like crap because what they had access to in the concentration camps wasn't good wood or anything. Yeah, of course. Um, but this is a replica, so it's kind of cool. It's got some cool inlays. And, um, so I started when I was four. Yeah. Bought my mom for 14 years. She was a piano teacher. She uh, said, you can't quit till you're 18. And so when I turned 18, I quit. <laughs> Ha, huh, mom. But uh, guess what? It, this wonderful gift she gave me that I learned how to play the violin. So, and I still play today. Still play at our, our church band and other things. But uh, tis the season. It is Christmas. Uh, it's December fifth or so. Yeah. So, uh, how about a little? What child is this? All right. Um, how does it start? No killing machine with uh, Henny Anderson, but uh, hey, <laughs> dude, too sick. Thanks for doing it. No Thanks worries. for doing it. I want to give you a hug. Yeah, dude. That one, dude. <laughs> I just got a hug. Effenrad <laughs> shoutouts this week to Andy Finch and his whole family. Shoutouts to listener Rich Wines, who I met the other day in real life. He reminded me that I've got to have Mike Jackson on the show, definitely. Be sure to come back next week for more Effenrad Snowboarding presented by Vans and brought to you by SIA Productions.